lacking any sign of fat, with the lean, hungry look of an athlete in top condition. His Welsh and Cheyenne heritage marked him with a dark complexion, and he suntanned to a coppery brown when he had the chance. His thick black hair, which he had previously worn in a longish, shaggy style, was cut differently now, a businessman's length, and no trace remained of his once luxurious black mustache. He was known to thousands of people, but they did not really know him at all. Their acquaintance with Mark was as the Penetrator, a name given him by the press during his first foray against the would-be looters of the little guys who couldn't fight for themselves. Mark could move with the supple litheness of a cougar, and his dark eyes and craggy face gave him, even in repose, a smoldering, critical look. When he frowned, a cold, deadly aura seemed to hover over him. His accent, if any, was newscaster-neutral, but Easterners and those from the South soon picked up a slight far-west twang if they listened closely. The trouble was, many times Mark's enemies didn't have a chance to listen. When faced with the penetrator's wrath, they didn't live long enough. His attention now was given entirely to what Red Eagle was saying. The old man used his native tongue, and, with constant practice, Mark Harden's facility with Cheyenne grew rapidly. This was a necessary accomplishment. English, or any white man's language, didn't hold the proper concepts for understanding. For example, Red Eagle had just told Mark, "'You are poisoning yourself. It is a thing of the mind, the lower self, the unihipili. Yet your body is affected as surely as if I gave you a large drink of a potion made of monkshood, your body would sicken and die. All the words that Red Eagle said existed in English as well, yet the meaning was not the same. Spoken in Cheyenne with parts in the medicine language, Red Eagle's statement took on expanded meaning. As this understanding filled the penetrator's consciousness, he was moved to ask a question. What is it, then, that bothers me? Red Eagle shook his head solemnly. You must answer this yourself. When you or anyone hates, power, or da is generated, it can be good or bad. If you take a life in anger or allow others to do evil in your place, the da is bad, and this sickens you. Do you understand me? Mark looked long into the small fire that was burning in a circle of rocks at the center of the hide-covered sweat lodge, in one deep tunnel of the abandoned borax mine where Professor Haskins had built his stronghold. His comprehension slowly grew as he let his mind open, weighing the ideas, shaping them to fit his situation. Yes, he did understand what the old Indian was telling him, but how could he find out what the things were that gave him bad orinda? And what could be done to change it to good? He asked Red Eagle. Orinda is neither good nor bad. It simply is. In the white man's language, the figure that you call the number eight would be a good symbol to illustrate this eternal power. Orinda has, like a printed sign, aspects or angles of force. Hatred is always a generator of the bad aspect of our power. 
If you kill with hatred, this is what happens. If you cause harm to a good person or allow harm to be done to them, you likewise create a force of bad that is reflected in how Orinda comes to you and how you can use it. Hatred is an evil, as is the negligence of your duties toward others or the absence of love. What has all this to do with love? Everything and nothing. Red Eagle poured a slight bit of cold water on the hotly glowing stones. Pungent odors from sweetgrass rose in clouds of steam. He sat back on his heels, his voice softer, more intimate. But I talk in riddles. There are truly wheels within wheels. Hatred does generate the bad aspect of Orinda. If you hate your enemy...